Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everybody and welcome to another brand new spoiler review episode for Miss Marvel from the Geek Buddies. <laughs> hey! Well, what do you know? Yo, uh, hey, yo, uh, yeah, do it. There it is. We got there. That's right. Yeah, well, welcome everybody. We're excited to be jumping into episode three of Ms. Marvel. This is a spoiler review episode. So if you haven't seen the episode, please watch it and hang out and then come and hang out with us. Or if you don't care about spoiling stuff, well, then stick around because we are going to spoil the hell out of this episode for sure. Very excited to jump in. It's so much got revealed in this episode that we're going to get into and talk about so many Marvel comic book connections and marvel mcu connections that we're going we're to talk about as well so strap in for all that but let's introduce ourselves first i am the outlaw john roca writer producer and host here on the outlaw nation and the geek buddies i am michael vogel i'm a writer and producer of animated tv shows and content you can currently see my animated series strawberry shortcake on netflix and season two on youtube and yes that's all i got oh okay shannon <laughs> this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor, and I was out later than I normally uh, tend to be last night. So if I'm a step behind, apologies. That's all right. Sorry. As long as you aren't hanging out with Jen in another dimension, I think you're all right. I was I was with Mr. McClung and yeah. was out as late as he was, and I'm fine. <laughs> Oh, uh, you got you to love the ball busting right off the bat, ladies and gentlemen. You got to love it. Anyway, let's, uh, we want to say one last thing before we jump into the uh, the review here. We want to give a big thanks to Carbon Health, who powers and sponsors and continues to power and sponsor the Outlaw Nation and the Geek Buddies specifically. Uh, they have a... They have a they're a great place to go and get your health care needs taken care of. You know, any kind of questions, concerns you might have, go to carbonhealth.com or download their app so you can have a doc in your pocket. They got 125 locations nationwide, 80 locations in California alone. They offer urgent care, COVID testing, health care plans that are specifically designed for you. They do believe the healthcare industry is broken and it doesn't have to be. It can be fixed, and they certainly want to fix it for you if you're in california consider scheduling an annual checkup and they continue to partner with with us because carbon health genuinely believes and cares about positive communities who engage in each other over the love of culture and expressions of life and certainly to this episode there was a lot of culture and expression of life for sure so i'm sure carbon health would be very proud to sponsor this review of that episode specifically uh more than anyone so far for ms marvel so uh go to carbonhealth.com and check yourself out today all right let's get into this thing uh this um this was a heck of an episode for sure you know this has been a tough week for a lot of people having an episode like this that is vibrant and uh, joyful still with a little bit of danger and menace 
and uh, an opening of the door to a culture that maybe a lot of us aren't exposed to, I thought was a fantastic episode. Really enjoyed this thing. Yes, did it default to some of the CW approaches to getting away with certain things? Yes, but it's a teen, young adult approach to it while also connecting it up to the MCU. And I think once you've accepted that about this series, it allows you to relax and just enjoy what you're watching and the performances. Michael, talk to me overall of what you thought about this episode, episode three here of Ms. Marvel. I love this show. <laughs> um, it is so good. Yeah. And I thought this episode was great. You know, we talked on, I think I said this last week as well, but we've mm -hmm. talked on some of our other review shows about um, the pacing of yes. plot and reveals and secrets and watching things unfold. And we talked about how sometimes you're a little bit ahead of the show yeah. and you're kind of waiting for reveals. You're like, okay, why are you holding out on us? Why are you holding out on us? Why aren't you telling us more? This show is doing such a great job of revealing a little bit each week and really kind of feeding us, giving us new information to pour over. Um, but that new information, A, creates more questions yeah. and B, doesn't resolve everything. So here we got a lot of information about the bangle, about uh, about uh, Kamala uh, Kamala's great-grandmother, about yeah. the clandestine, about Kamran, about all of this stuff, but we still ended on a big mystery about yeah. Kamala's grandmother, uh, Muniba's mother. So I think it's doing a really, really great job. Like you said, uh, there's a lot of MCU connections here. There's a lot of nods to the comic book here. And even aside from all of the superhero stuff, Kamala's family continues to be the rock stars oh. of this show. They are the best family. I hope and pray yeah. that we get to see the entire Khan family on the big screen in the MCU, not just yeah. Kamala. I want, I want them all up there. Um, yeah. This is great. I love this show. Yeah, and certainly we've seen what we're what you guys have speculated about last week, the possibility that Bruno could be sliding in to be a Tony Stark like kind of guy here on this side of the Atlantic. That's certainly possible from some of the stuff we saw in this episode as well. So not just the Khan family, but also Nakia and Bruno certainly having yeah. their own storylines furthered as we're watching the show, which is really a great thing that you're seeing here in this show. Uh Shannon, it's called Destined. What did you think about episode three here of uh, Ms. Marvel? Overall. I mean, it was it was so much fun. I mean, I, I had heard from a couple of people like, ah, it feels like this one's kind of filler. Um, and I didn't get that sense at all. I mean, I love I, I know <laughs> I, I, I love the exposition that we got. I love finding out like about the clandestines. Very uh, uh, clever way of sneaking in like, OK, they're they're hundreds of years old mm. or they you know, they look good for being around in the 1940s. And they're like, well, except Comrade, you know, he's 17. Yeah. So it's like, OK, that's cool. OK, so it's cool. The crush is cool. Um, <laughs> it's, not also, it's not creepy. Not <laughs> creepy. I, I love how much they're leaning into the New Jersey of this all, <laughs> like having living on a prayer plane during an action sequence. The fact that the band is called Brown Jovi. Oh, um, it's just so much fun it's so vibrant um you know the little bit of a little bit of action that we got um really really enjoyable had some thoughts towards the end of it but mm. it's just the show it's just it's just so much fun and and agree with Vogel I mean as as fun as Kamala is you know you definitely want to see all of the cons make it to the big screen yeah yeah
Yeah, I can imagine where Shannon's going with that because Diva really took the lead here. So we're going to hear some more about Shannon McCormick <laughs> <laughs> about the second half of the show for sure. Well, let's start it off here. And once again, this is a spoiler review episode. So if you have not seen it, go uh, watch it and then come back and hang out. I'm going to tell you right off the bat, the opening music is fantastic. I don't know why it stuck out this time more than the previous two episodes, but that opening as the Marvel Studios logo is coming in really kind of gets you into the spirit of what we're going to be watching here. And I loved seeing that. We're starting out in 1942 in British occupied India we see some people excavating not Na- Najma I hope I'm saying that right or not Naima Naima I'm gonna say Najma I'm gonna say that that finds the bangle we see that it's connected to a blue hand so is that connected to a Hindi god is that connected to the Cree who've been blue skinned we don't know Aisha walks up takes the bangle soldiers come in Aisha puts the bangle on she also says that the man from the temple said they needed to have two to be able to really work this thing and make it happen for them. We hear that they're trying to get back home uh, and that the last, and then we cut quickly to, uh, to Kamala, who's there uh, um, talking with Naima. Uh, And Naima's telling the story about what happened. And that was the last time they saw Aisha because Aisha and Naima split up the reveal that they were exiled from another dimension. They've been around for a hundred years. Partition separated them. Then Adam comes in acting like a fool. We find out Cameron is actually, Cameron is actually 17. They seem like nice people. They didn't know Aisha had family until uh, Kamal put on the bangle and we see the Noor. We hear this conversation about the Noor, which is the light inside. Uh, Naima says that Kamala belongs to them, belongs with them, because the other people see her as dress up. They see what she can really do. Kamal takes off from that, crashes in on Bruno. She reveals to him that he is not, she is not as guardian or alien. There's ghost stories. There are gin stories. That's what they reveal. They reveal, uh, their, Naima has revealed to her that they are jinn. They've been known as clandestines, but also have been called Ajnabi, Majnoon, the Unseen, which is a kind of a reference to What If and The Watcher, possibly. Bruno reacts to the Cameron, the Cameron stuff really fun, uh, in a funny way. Not so attractive son or medium looking son. Bruno <laughs> says it, it reminds him of a paper from Dr. Eric Selvig. And we see that she is trending. Then we see the Department of, D- of Damage Control showing up at the mosque. They want to search the mosque. Nakia stops them. Nakia, we find out, is a board member. She asks if it's serious. Oh, well, they're still tabulating the votes. They're oh, they're still, still tabulating, tabulating the votes. Right. She asks if it's serious because it's an enhanced individual or one from a mosque. And then we have Yvonne basically asking her, the next time Diva comes in here, take off her shoes. So let's stop there. Great opening, great intro. Love do we get this all this information. As Michael, you were pointing out, we get this information, but also opens up the door to more questions here. And I, you've read the comics more than Shannon and I have. So I feel like they're moving some stuff around here, still keeping the basic intent of her origin story, but they're moving some stuff around, which kind of throws everything up in the air because you're wondering where it's all going to land. What did you think about this whole opening here and these scenes as we see them up until this point in the episode? Um, I thought the opening was a lot of fun. Again, a lot of information that we got. Um, yeah. To your point, this, and we've talked about this before, but if you go to read the comics uh, yeah. as Miss Marvel, if you pick them up because you really love the series, th- her origin is very, very different because she is an, an inhuman, which right. is uh, another race of superpowered beings, um, kind of akin to mutants in the Marvel Universe. In fact, the mutants and inhumans have had a lot of big fights with each other. Um, yeah. But she's an inhuman. And when she meets Kamran in the comics... Kamran is inhuman, and he yeah. does take her to a group of people who do turn out to be villains who are also inhuman. So yeah. they have kind of jettisoned the entire inhuman storyline and kind of inserted this clandestine storyline. But it works really, really well, and it's taking everything back towards Kamala's origin, uh, right. her you know, her family's history, her heritage. And since this is a show that's all about heritage, 
I think it's a really, really smart move. They are also clearly starting to build, as Kevin Feige said they would, connections between the different pieces of the Marvel Universe. To your point, Johnny, that bangle is on a blue hand. Now, could that blue hand be a Hindi god? Absolutely. We are now seeing gods popping up everywhere. We're about to see more gods pop up in Thor Love and Thunder with a god butcher. So if we did bring some some Hindi gods uh, into the mix, that would totally make sense. And a lot of times, several of them are uh, portrayed with blue skin. Um, Genies are often portrayed with blue skin i.e will smith and aladdin um and so could this be uh the severed arm of some dead gin yeah. although the clandestine are not blue so that might not and i think what a lot of people are pointing at as you pointed out is the cree are also blue yeah. the cree are tied to carol danvers in the comics the cree are tied to the nega bands um yeah. bands that send you to a different dimension um and then i think the biggest uh literally biggest clue in this whole scene is the fact that when you pull up above them, yeah. they're all standing on the floor. Uh, and on that floor is a big symbol of the 10 rings. Yes. So we have Shang-Chi with his rings uh, running around that glow blue and orange and different colors. We have a post credit scene in Shang-Chi where they're talking about, we don't know where these rings came from. They're alien in origin. They are sending out a signal somewhere. And right. we got a bangle that was on a blue arm so i mean it could go either way it could go heritage it could go cree but the fact that we have those 10 rings down there means that there's definitely some connections there as we are building to whatever we are building to in phase four yeah so that's like all the fun nerdy stuff um (laughs) but then to your point we get to all this other great great stuff i thought it was hilarious that when they were all talking we were getting the backstory of the clandestine and uh, the one guy comes in listening to a youtube video he's listening to zoe's popcorn video that we heard the Department right. of Defense Damage Control talk about <laughs> right. when they were like talking to Zoe uh, in the second episode. And he's like, hey, you did that popcorn video, popcorn, popcorn, popcorn. And so this guy comes in and he's watching this video laughing and he's like, Haha, popcorn, popcorn. And I think these little <laughs> nods, like these little moments kind of really kind of flesh out the show in a really, really fun way that shows that they're really into the details here. Um, yeah. I think all the stuff about them being gin. Um, you know, they're like, they're really nice, but they do say right away that they were exiled. Yes. And oftentimes when you are exiled, there's a reason for it. So I do yeah. think there's maybe some more to know with that story. Um, we get a lot of information about the Noor. And yes, then we go right to the Bruno scene. And it's classic uh, comic book. My friend who's smart. Hey, can you talk to me about interdimensional dimensional transportation? And he's like, sure. Let me look some stuff up on the internet. I got you, girl. <laughs> You're good but at he math. Does- you're good, good at math. math. Tell me about this. Um, and I do like that he names drop name drops Eric Selvig. I thought yes. that was kind of a nice nod. And I thought they had a really, really nice scene there. Um, and then, yeah, everything that happens at the mosque then following that, like everything with uh, Agent Deaver. Is it Deaver? Yeah, yeah. Deaver. Agent yeah. Deaver coming in, being disrespectful. Uh, Sheikh Abdullah kind of being kind of charming and polite. And then Nakia yeah. like laying down the law. Like I thought it was all wonderful really well done. Um, And I love that they're taking the opportunity to kind of make a commentary on what a lot of people uh, of the Muslim faith deal with, while at the same time, raising the stakes for Kamala. Like like, Like they're building something that it doesn't feel like they are adding something just to add it. Um, They're adding something really organically into the show that ties right into why what Kamala is doing is really hard on her community. So I thought that was all really, really well done as well. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the, the way that they're organically sliding into things that are very much a common day, a commentary between Muslims and how they're perceived in this country uh, and around the world, really, uh, I thought was really well done, as opposed to feeling like, 
hey, do you get it? It's more like subtly uh, weaved into natural conversation as not a big deal, just the standard way of life that unfortunately we have to live, you know? So I, I love that. Um, just real quick, here's the shot from above. That's what they're talking about. Look at that. If you, In case you missed it, guys, when you were watching the show, there it is, the kind of 10 rings uh, visualization. You see the the writing as well there in between the circles, which is which will give it away uh, for sure. Uh, Shannon, thoughts uh, on on this uh, these three these opening scenes here uh, for the show? What did you think? Well, I mean, I love a Disney Plus series flashback to the past. I mean, I thought immediately <laughs> of WandaVision going back to the Salem oh, yeah. witch trials. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a really, really fun way to to get that exposition across. And as soon as I saw the blue hand, I mean, my head went straight to uh, straight decree. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and then having the uh, like I, I tend to watch stuff with the subtitles on just because I want to catch. Absolutely. All the little incidental lines that that are in the background, and as you know, we're hearing the the gunfire. Like you can see, like there are lines of like the British basically yeah. closing in on them. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was really really well done, and it just you know it, it's a t it's a it's a lower budget, it's a TV budget, but it still felt it still felt real to me. Mm -hmm. um, which to compare it to you know another show that we we uh, reviewed recently, there were moments where the technology didn't it, you know it, there it wasn't as tactile, it wasn't yeah. as tangible, and and yeah. that's what I mean. I really liked the the choice for them to to make everything practical. I thought that I thought that worked really well. Yeah. Um, getting the you know getting the the knowledge about the past with the Najma, her connection to Aisha. Um, everything is just being laid out so well. Like, I mean, I feel like Miss Marvel, it's it's the first uh, show that really feels like a TV show. Yeah. But but it, it, and that's and that's a compliment, like the the slow sort of um, spooning out of information. It's just it's really, really well done. Yeah. And even though like I'm not loving Alyssa Reiner's performance, <laughs> I really like that scene in the mosque. Like yeah. I thought that I, I thought that was great. And the actor who plays uh, the the Sheikh uh, is is it Sheikh or she, no, she, the amount the amount yeah I think is yeah um, really you know smaller role but yeah really good casting because there's just a there's a comfort in the way this guy talks and it makes yeah. sense that he would be sort of a religious head for this you know local community and again not really knowing a ton about uh, Nakia. You, you you're getting so much of her character like yeah. this this activist who is not afraid to uh, to stand up and be like hey yeah. we know our we know our rights you can't do this yeah. um they're just they're filling in the world um with really really interesting characters who who aren't super powered and yeah. that's that's a that's a fun thing to watch and let's hit another thing that you've mentioned here, Shannon and Mike, as well. The um, the way they're calling the things they call themselves, right? You, you look at these uh, the Ajnabi. It means stranger or another. Majnun is a term to describe someone with mental illness. Uh, and the other one is the unseen, which is a bit of a connection uh, to the Watcher, because the Watcher talks yeah. about 
the unseen, the people that cannot be seen by the watcher. But the clandestine thing is really interesting, and I'm getting this from Game Rant, so I want to give them proper credit, but this is the picture they use to talk about the clandestine, and uh, this is a fascinating story here. Uh, the Jinn are mythical beings of immense power that provide the basis for the legends of genies in the real world. They also inspire a magical being in the Marvel comics. The Jinn are a race of huge power that slowly leave Earth completely or eradicated, but one of them connects to a human named Adam, uh, Ella Lath falls in love with an, a man named Adam, saving him, making him immortal. The two have several children. Their children have an incredibly long lifespan and form the clan Destins. Clan space Destin. Destin being Adam's surname. The member of the group in Ms. Marvel is Adam with two A's, which is the name of the dude who comes in with the popcorn stuff. So they tend to be divided. Some of them become superheroes. Some of them become villains. So very interesting stuff that they're playing around with this mythology, as you said, Michael, moving away from the inhuman stuff, but still somewhat connecting it to superpower beings that were a group of people in the comics. So very smartly done, you know, showing that they do understand. Once again, Marvel showing that they understand the um, history of the comics and finding a way to cleverly use them here to kind of tell this story because they're restricted by that and humans debacle of a show. They want to tell a different kind of point of view here. So you like it. I, I, I mean, personally, and I'm starting to have some interesting feelings about Nakia versus Kamran. So let's go to the second section here and talk about this. Now, uh, Kamala is uh, watching. We, we cut to Kamala's uh, uh, who is watching herself uh, because she was told by Bruno that she's trending. So she's watching herself on the, um, on the uh, uh, computer there and the reaction that people are having. Nakia comes right on in, falls down on the bed as a friend is tend to do sometimes when they're dealing with stuff, tells her about the DODC coming to the mosque. Nakia is not happy. She says they don't need another target on their backs. Once again, just cleverly sliding it in, mentioning the self-surveillance that uh, our people routine, which is what a lot of Americans try to tell. Hey, Muslims, why aren't you watching your own people with the terrorism type of thing? So I love that it's just, just easily slid in here. She reveals that she did become a board member, which leads to a massive hug there between her and Kamala when she finally realizes she's got to pay attention. We head to the Mendy here. We see uh, her mom and that Sana uh, and her mom could not uh, – that Sana could not come to uh, uh, her brother's wedding and did not come to her mom's wedding. So we're hearing her mom say it's not a surprise. A little furthering of the issues between Kamala and her mom. I mean, her shoes have been taken. Uh, uh, and then we hear her mom, Muniba, Muniba saying that the, the, the trouble this girl is causing, she should be ashamed of herself. Bruno leaves a box for Kamala. Uh, Kamala's out there with the sheik. And uh, she talks to him about... Uh, nightlight and how does she convince everyone that she's good and she he says it's not who you are good is not who you are good is what you do and then she opens the box and it has her mask which makes her smile yusuf comes into bruno's place to get a hostess fruit pie let me tell you something <laughs> i understand that <laughs> situation the cherry pie i used to get that all the time he sees that bruno is writing something on the gin written in urdu and then he translating it translates it basically saying that supernat there are supernatural beings of pre-Islamic folklore. They've been called genies and demons. He says the legend tells of a group of hidden jinn exiled from their home world, damned to live their days trapped in our own. They search for the key to get them home, and they need a primordial power to do so. Yusuf says it's interesting. Bruno says it's possible to achieve interdimensional power to come out later, but you need the power of the sun. If you help them go home, some things might go boom. Uh, then she says, oh, might be, which means there might be a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. Uh, and then uh, Bruno tells her about Caltech, which really opens an interesting facial back and forth between both of them. Are there feelings here? Are there not feelings here? I love that it's it's a little bit mysterious. You don't know if she's reacting 
like taken aback when he's saying, I just wanted to talk to you about, uh, but, or if she's reacting like, oh my God, is he really going to finally put this on the table? This hidden maybe affection they might've had for each other. Uh, but he says there's not a, uh, he doesn't see a safe way to do this. She tries to reference Captain Marvel. And he says, if she did it, she'd be reckless. Uh, and then we see, we cut to a scene when her mom is soothing her knee. And it's basically a conversation about her mom dealing with being in America overcoming the mountain because mm. uh, Kamala's feeling like she has to overcome a mountain. Uh, and she tries desperately to get Kamala to open up to her, uh, but she's not there yet, which is going to be a running theme here in this episode for sure. So Shannon, a lot here to digest and go into certainly the gin being the focus here, but also Nakia's activism coming out. We're hearing her having issues with nightlight. We also see Bruno telling her, Hey, this is an issue you could die. Things could happen. Bad things could happen if you help these people. Uh, so talk to me about these scenes here and what you were getting from them. Well, I mean, flashing back one second to the previous section when <laughs> when they talk about the Nor, the Nor being the thing that's that's, you know, inside. Yeah, the, and light, that the, the light. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The bangle help, helps her uh, access it. And Kamala going nor girl <laughs> like you know, <laughs> trying to find trying to find her superhero name um you know the relationship between uh nakia and kamala again they're just they're they're doing something really well which is portraying these friendships uh mm. with younger people just as authentic like yeah. it just seems you know a lot of times i think in um with young with younger performers there can be, and I don't know if this is the writing or if this is the the actor, but there yeah. can be sort of a forced camaraderie, and you don't you don't quite believe it, and that's just not the case here. I mean, Kamala and Bruno, Kamala and Nakia. I mean, you just get the sense that these that these young people, you know, they're friends. They care they care about each other, um, and the fact that Nakia not a big fan of superheroes, it yeah. seems. Yeah. Like just and, and again, I'm. I'm basing that off of off of what we've seen thus far and how that's going to present a, an interesting dynamic when if she finds out um about kamala um but yeah i i enjoyed that scene i really liked the scene with um the one auntie talking with uh maniba yeah and you know and her then going to come on like don't you cause your mom any trouble <laughs> <laughs> and you can see when she's poking the knee that she's poked one time too many because you can see it is my mon Bellani go like okay that's enough there. That's, that's enough. this is a nice little moment <laughs> um yeah but just some really really wonderful acting i mean i loved the scene with um with dad and bruno yeah when him just talking about how he sneaks out to get these little hostess fruit pies um but that that uh revealing of uh, again that that expository dialogue that is done really really well i mean there are times especially like with big summer movies like it there's yeah. you know, things we call exposition dumps where it's just here's what you need to know right. and you know every story does need that like you have to get that information across but the way that they're doing it just so organically um is is really great and the scene between um kamala and muniba when she's taking care of her knee and talking about what it was like yeah. for her and her dad when they when they first got to america i mean it's just so again they're just pumping so much life yeah. into this show and it's yeah it's 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 just great yeah mike thoughts on on these scenes here and especially the gin conversation here between bruno and yusuf yeah, I mean, I think that to Shannon's point, um, 
you know, you do need this information about the gin and yeah. what Bruno, and you can't have a scene where Bruno is just sitting there reading to himself. So having the idea that Yusuf comes in to get the hostess pie mm -hmm. and having that be this cute little character moment, but then having him read the stuff so that we as the audience get that information, it was a really clever way to do exposition, I thought. I thought it was really, really nice. Um, I think the, I, I echo everything Shannon said about just the natural vibe of all of these scenes with all the actors. Like you yeah. really do feel like this is Kamala's community. These are Kamala's friends. Like you really just believe in these relationships. And that is definitely the acting, but it's also the script. Like when Nakia comes in yeah. and like collapses on her bed, um, <laughs> the, when Kamala's like, um, is this about is this about the dance thing? Because I feel if you really commit yourself, you're gonna get to my level. And she's like, No, you're amazing. Like there's there's just like these little side comments that have nothing to do about the specific scene that we're in, but like give you this sense of the world that they inhabit and the lives that they lead, which I think is really, really good writing and performing kind of when those two things are working in sync, which is what's happening here. Yeah. Um, these scenes do a really good job, like with the Nokia scene, like you said, like we see Kamala watching herself on uh, on the computer. Nakia comes in and gives this like this person is hurting our community. Yeah, I think they either they either don't know or if they know they don't care. They're just doing this. And Kamala gets this perspective that she didn't have before. That like this is really bad. Like she wants to help the community, but it's really bad. Then we get a little bit more information about Maniva's mom and that relationship. And to yeah. your point, we get we double down on. Oh, this nightlight character. Oh, she her mother must be so disappointed in her. And you're like, okay, we're ratcheting that up. But then, um, and, and that's all classic comic book. It's yeah, I was going to ask Parker. you, does it's, she? Does she, Is this an issue in the comics between her mom? Does her mom know that she's Ms. Marvel, or does that come later on in the situation? That comes later. So yeah, okay. all of this stuff. I mean, and this, this is. Sense. I was going to say this is this is right out of the comic but yeah. it's also like comic book 101 like this is what makes peter parker work so well like right. peter parker wants to save people but every time he does stuff as spider-man peter parker's life kind of gets shitty that yeah. is that is what has been making spider-man work for 60 years and miss marvel kind of falls into that category that you see with her friends and her parents and her community and everybody that as miss marvel things are getting harder and harder mm -hmm. where miss marvel departs in the comic book and in these scenes yeah. is that the advice that she's getting from her community is actually lovely and empowering, mm -hmm. even if they don't realize that's what it is. Like this, the very small scene with her and Sheikh Abdullah, yes. um, I, it's, it's lovely. Like she goes to the religious leader of her community yeah. um, or, you know, oh, he they comes happen to, to have a conversation. He comes to her, her. but yeah. she asks him about yeah. this whole situation. And she's like, you know, I, I, I thought that, you know, she was doing good. And he's like, I feel like she's hurting the community. And when he's like, I don't think that kid that she saved is too upset about it. And then he's like, good is a thing you do. Like, there, there's just lovely advice there. And even the scene between her and her mom, um, even though it's not about the superhero moment, you know, in that first episode where her mom was the heavy, like laying down the law of like, you can't go out, we're doing this. You could have gone down this road where mom was just almost like the antagonist villain who was like, I don't understand your world and I'm not going to reach out to you. Right. But because you have these wonderful emotion mo moments where she's really reaching out to her and you see how much she cares and how much she's trying to be there for Kamala, even though she doesn't fully know everything that's going on, yeah. it really just rounds things out. Um, makes you love them all a little bit more and also makes it harder for Kamala to not come clean. Like, you know, it's, as opposed to like, I have to keep this secret. It's like, you can see that she wants to reach out to her family and wants her friends and wants them all to know, but she doesn't know and she's struggling with that. And I just think it's all lovely.
Yeah, and I think there's some subtle things that are working here that I think are brilliant. Like that whole scene between the Sheik and uh, Kamala is basically, hey, look, people are always going to criticize you no matter what you do. So if you're going to be waiting for people to give you validation for doing good things, you're doing it wrong. Just do good things, act good, do, you know, do good in the world. And that's what and it's almost and it's almost even like for people who are on YouTube or whatever, they're always going to criticize you. So just do what you want to do. Create what you want to create. As long as it comes from you, people are going to people are going to come to it. People are going to get attracted to it. So these are things that are kind of subtly working there. I think this is some great writing in, in how they're making this and the Nord dimension as well. I mean, that could possibly be I've seen people speculating in a few articles. It could be the dark dimension that they're referencing. Is this a way of turning around the dark dimension uh, and, and having that connect here in this um, uh, show as well? And I also think a little bit marvel is walking into these mind these religious minefields that i find to be a fascinatingly gutsy thing to do because in essence the celestials are an interesting you could argue that that's as we argued in our review or i argued in our review that they could easily be eliminating god you know the idea of god the catholic god in this or the jewish god whatever you want to say they could be essentially eliminating saying the celestials created all this or whatever possibly you could look at it that way and in this way, too, is are the Hindi gods actually Hindi gods or are they Cree? And then you so this is kind of this could be a little bit dangerous how they're walking down this path as well. We've seen them already do what they needed to do for um, the Asgardian gods and all these things of that nature. So I just find it fascinating how they're just kind of walking into these minefields and figuring it out and they're not getting blown up for it. So I appreciate the fact that they're willing to write it in a way that's clever and uh, avoiding any of the minefields so far in my, or any of the mines rather in the minefield so far. So I appreciate that a lot. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that's, that's the way I'm looking at it when I'm looking at these things, you know? No, I mean, I agree. I mean, we've talked about this cause it's come up a lot now. It came yeah. up in moon Knight with the Egyptian right. panthe it, yes. the pantheon Egyptian of Egyptian gods, gods. Yes. Uh, obviously with, you know, Russell Crowe playing Zeus in Thor love and thunder. Like we're right. getting Greek gods. We're getting Egyptian gods. We know we have like the Asgardian, uh, like the Norse gods and like where they, you know, so there's yeah. definitely, um, building out the more cosmic level and, and the celestials in eternals to your point, like yeah. we're definitely getting into cosmic levels of creation and all this stuff and if you watch our show uh our usual geek buddy show this week as we were talking yeah. about where phase four and phase five and phase six and beyond might be going yeah. it really does look like there's a reason that things are getting more cosmic celestial god level because uh if you're going where a lot of people think marvel's going yeah that's that's what we're getting to universal uh collapses and it's going to get cosmic, y'all. Yeah. And certainly interdimensional travel was introduced there with America Chavez and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is available on Disney Plus for you all to watch if you want to watch it. It's there. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> also been introduced. So the if idea you want to watch it. I mean, if you feel like uh, spending the time. But yeah, I mean, that's Bruno talking about the interdimensional travel using Selvig's notes. And so that's also tied in here that I think is very fascinating um as well all right let's move on to uh, um or did you want to say anything on that shannon sorry did you want to say anything on the religious uh, the way they're approaching this stuff no i've it's 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 one of the one of the cases where steve rogers was wrong when he said there's only one god ma'am <laughs> and he doesn't dress like that referring <laughs> referring to thor that's a good <laughs> i forgot about that exchange for sure uh all right amir let's head to amir and taisha's wedding by the way what a great uh smart thing to put the graphic up there i really thought that was genius uh yusuf and amir are having a conversation about uh you know you, uh, amir is really concerned about having only 700 dollars and, and some 
uh, in his uh, bank account. His, <laughs> Yusuf seems to have no issue with this at all, just kind of smiling about it, being a really awesome dad, saying, you got to choose what kind of life to live. Do you want to live in fear or live in love? And if you choose love, you can you choose passion, faith, and courage. Uh, and uh, Kamal is hearing this exchange kind of hidden behind the wall. And uh, Yusuf says that Amir is brave for choosing family. Once again, this idea of choosing family, this becomes a thing. This is becoming a theme throughout this series. We see this beautiful wedding. I mean, just gorgeous wedding. This great back and forth. We hear them, you know, you get asked three times if you really want to be committed to the person you're committed to. Then we see Najma has Ka Cameron's phone. We cut to Najma who has Cameron's phone. We see this exchange. We had seen this exchange uh, just a few, a few seconds ago. If we look at this scene, between Cameron and uh, and uh, Kamala, where Kamala is saying she's not 100% ready yet to do this. And Cameron says, yeah, take your time. Focus on the wedding. No sweat. Well, Najma has found that exchange on the phone. And, and we see immediately that she has gone to the evil place and says they are going to make Kamala help them. Uh, Cameron is not happy about the Cameron is not happy about this. We head back to the wedding. We see the traditions of putting the heads together. We see Auntie talking to Bruno there. Um, I don't know what's going on there, but then the Bollywood dances break out, which is so awesome to see in a great sequence. Something I don't know that much about. So for me, I just had a big stupid grin on my face watching the vibrant colors and the songs and the dances. All of it and the joy they had. Taisha's family coming in and being part of it. His brother, her brother coming in and being part of it. Uh, and I, I put here, it's such a great window into this world. Then Kamala and Naki and Bruno and others do a dance, which is great. Then Amir gets brought into this thing. Then Taisha comes in. Then as Shannon mentioned, Bron, Brown Jovi is here. Uh, and they do quinceañeras, apparently. Uh, Kamala, <laughs> and, and Bruno, uh, and they start with a slow dance, which is odd for a Brown Jovi thing. All right, but Kamala and Bruno dance. Uh, but then, and Bruno grabs her, but then uh, Bruno grabs her and tells her, well, no, I'm sorry, uh, Cameron comes in, grabs her and tells her that uh, his family is coming for us as everyone, they're going to kill everyone. Uh, and then they show up. Um, uh, Kamala pulls a fire alarm to get Bruno, and Bruno gets everyone out of there as living on a prayer kicks in. There are fights in the kitchen, fights in the dance hall. Uh, Kamala's initially starting out with defensive moves, but as the people she cares about, get in danger she starts to be able to use her powers more in an offensive way with the punches and what have you uh Cameron gets involved so does bruno bruno gets really hurt cameron gets Cameron gets knocked out we see outside that another wedding was canceled by this fire alarm as well uh from an asian family there um and uh we see uh, uh, uh kamala pick up uh, uh bruno and uh, after cameron says get brian out of here and he says i swear he gets my name wrong on purpose which is <laughs> Uh, then they get surrounded down in the lower area of the building there. And the just as we think they're going to, uh, the, by everybody involved there from the uh, clandestine, uh, we think they might get caught here. The DOD shows up with some tech and uh, shoots everyone, arrests everyone, while Kamala and uh, Bruno sneak out. Um, Naja grab, but before they do, Naja grabs Kamala's wrists and the bangle, and suddenly we see a train coming uh, in the sky, there a vision of a train coming in the sky at them with Karashi on the front. Is this a partition flashback? I feel like it is. Uh, Nakia sees, and then they they kind of sneak out Bruno and uh, Kamala, and Nakia sees her use her powers and ask questions. Kamala goes home, and her parents try to talk to her, but to no avail. Nani calls and says she needs to go to Karachi. Kamala does, and bring her mom too because she also saw the train. So they have to come and then hangs up on her. Dun, dun, dun. So, Mike, as you said, we end on this cliffhanger, but we get a lot in this wedding. Talk to me about experiencing something like this, which I, th which I think is one of the most unique things we've ever experienced in the MCU. 
Yeah, I mean, I just love the time that this show takes to spend on the family stuff because mm -hmm. I think it really pays off great. Um, if you're going to have a show where Kamala is really struggling because she wants to be uh, everything her family wants her to be, but she has this other life, doing it this way makes us care a lot more. And so everything was wonderful. The Bollywood dance number at the wedding oh. was just absolutely fantastic. No. I love that the one little kid is wearing the Hulk outfit yes. that uh, Kamala's mom made for her. Um, and just like to your point, it's just a big <laughs> stupid grin moment. It is just this great, awesome dance number, but it also does serve to um, seeing how much fun everyone is having. And then knowing that Kamala has to ruin that for everyone. Yeah. Um, that, you know, seeing it be that fun and you as the audience going, oh, this is great. I really am enjoying this. You really feel how disappointed everybody is yeah. when it ends. Um, I do love that Amir goes back for the money. Yes. I, I think that is a funny, you have this scene with him and his dad where he's talking about how much money he has. Shit's going down. Everyone's like, you got to get out of here. And he's like, I got to get the money though. I got to get the money. I'm not going out without it. Um, previously, uh, just stepping back right before that, yeah. I love the scene with Amir and his dad. Um, oh, God, it's a beautiful yes. scene between the two of them, but it's interesting Everything he's saying to Amir, I mean, obviously relates directly to what Kamala is dealing with. Like, choose love over fear, um, be courageous, be yeah. follow your passion. Um, and it's all really good advice. It's the right advice that Kamala needs to hear. I don't know that her father would give her that advice specifically if he knew what she was dealing with. Fair but point. it is, but it is the advice that she needs to be the person that she needs to become. So I thought it was great to have, after you had this lovely scene with her and her mom, as opposed to just going right to her having a conversation with dad, the fact that they chose to have it be between the two of them and she overhears it, I thought that was just really, really clever and yeah. lovely. Um, the battle, awesome. Uh, I, they, they walked that really fine line, and Shannon probably has more opinions on this than I do, <laughs> but I felt they did a really, really nice job of leveling up what we've what we've seen her do thus far and having yeah. her really fight uh and we see those powers working and we see how this is going to be for her moving forward like this is how miss marvel fights um but she wasn't great at it yet she was yeah. better than we've seen thus far she was better than she was when she saved the kid in yes. episode two True. um but she was still a little bit off her game but got got her licks in so i thought they did a really nice job of that using living on a prayer in that kitchen fight scene made me happy it's the best Good, good Bon Jovi song to use for this show in particular. Um, I thought all good stuff. Um, I thought that, uh, like I said, like they they did a. I believed that she was holding her own, yeah. But it really looked like she was barely holding her own. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, when when the two of them both hold the bangle and you see that train, I believe that is exactly a, a partition train. I mean, this is the the core mystery that we haven't revealed yet that I think is going to be key in the next few episodes is. What exactly happened with Aisha when she ran off with a bangle? Yeah. Why does she have the reputation she has um, with the family and with the aunties? Why is she seen as this horrible person? Yeah. What did she actually do to save her daughter, uh, Kamala's grandmother? And where where does all this lead and why is it so important uh, to Muniba, to the family? And I think the fact that the, the bangle and the backstory of what it is and where it came from in the clandestine is so tied into Kamala's family yeah. is just really, really smart on their part. Agreed. Um, yeah, Nakia sees what's going on, instantly is pissed, like realizes that uh, everything she was saying to Kamala in the previous scene about how Nightlight was ruining everything, yeah. uh, it was her. 
And, uh, but I did love that even with all that, and even as angry and upset as she is and how there's a lot more explanation, that as friends, they all just right, went right into like their roles. Like Bruno was like, I gotta get out of here. She's like, I gotta get Bruno out of here. He's like, I'll explain it to you later. I'm really in pain. We gotta go. Not he's <laughs> gonna take care of me. Don't you worry about it. She said, wait, wait, Yeah, what? exactly. No. <laughs> um, like I love that, like it's, cause I think that's more true. I think sometimes when you're doing, uh, when you're writing, you want like to be this, with all the shit that's going on, you want this character to be like, no, I demand answers right now. And that's not how it works in real life. When everything is shitty, it's like, look, I will explain this later. I know we are going to be in a fight. It is fine. Right now, will you just do this? It's like, okay, fine, whatever. But we are seriously talking about this later. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think that the scene with her parents, it, when you get back home, is just oh, heartbreaking. It is You see just Amir's disappointment at the wedding being ruined. He's just sitting there. You see the parents being so upset that she, like, that everybody knows that Kamala's the one who did this. And by this point, they know that there was probably no fire. So, like, what the fuck was going on? And I just thought it was lovely, instead of her mom being mad at her, to be like, I want to help you. I yeah. want to understand what's happening. We are your family. I am your mother. I just need you to be honest. And there's that beat where it's almost like Kamala's struggling with, like, how do I even begin to explain this? And she's just like, I can't. And you just see that division between her and her family. And like I said, because we spent so much time with them and really enjoyed the time that we spent, it's heartbreaking. It's almost like another partition, Mike, between her and her Ooh, family. Look at oh. you. This is why you got the YouTube channel. Look at that. <laughs> look at <the> um, Shannon, <laughs> thoughts on everything that went on in this wedding as well, but also talk about um, – uh, the choreography here, you know, you're, you're our action guy. So what did you think about how this was all set and, and shot uh, as well? And then uh, credit to the director here, Mira Mena, Minan, who was the director for this one. So, yeah, please. Um, you know what? The, the st To start with the scene with uh, Yusuf and Amir, just a lovely scene. And it really sort of encapsulates Muniba and Yusuf's relationship. How Muniba was talking about when they were getting to it, like, it was, like, this was hard. Like, this was really hard. Your dad worked such long hours for such little money. And then you hear just the optimism coming out of Yusuf to Amir, where it was just kind of like, yeah, but, you know, you that's okay. <laughs> You've only got this much money in your bank account. Right. But you have to choose to do this. Like, it's just, it's just a wonderful, I get kind of uh, Friday Night Light, Friday Night Lights vibes yeah. from from the cons. Oh, interesting. Um, just it's it's a it's a it's a married couple, a, a relationship that's just fascinating to watch. And a, a, again, everything with uh, the family, as Vogel said, that the time that they're taking it makes those big moments resonate so much harder because we have spent time with them, we have gotten to know the cons. Um, the whole wedding scene I thought was great. And poor Bruno. Bruno just can't catch a break. <laughs> Maybe in his arm, but that's it. I mean, the moment that they start dancing where she's just like, want to dance? Like, yeah, okay. And here comes fucking Comrade. <laughs> <laughs> and how Bruno doesn't correct him. Like, he calls him Brian twice. Yeah. He calls him Brian in that scene. Um, and you can just see the look on Bruno's face. Like, this guy. <laughs> um, the moment that the clandestines show up and you know she pulls the fire alarm having i think would we want to see kamala kick ass right now with bon jovi playing in the background yes but it, that wouldn't make sense like you know, it's it makes perfect sense that this is a teenager who does have this incredible power that she doesn't quite know how to use yet i mean it's yeah. all 
it's all defensive. But when she has to go on the offense, it's because of her friends. It's it's because she is defending them. Um, the moment where she goes into the kitchen and warns the staff to like get out, and they're all like, "Ah, get out of here!" And uh, Autumn comes in and pops that dude and that one cook's like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, all right, I'm coming." Yeah. <laughs> that was such a fun MCU moment. Yeah, and watching how um, Najma's that this is a smart this is a smart villain this is a smart antagonist um she turns the lights off and she makes a sound because that's going to make that light come up and yeah. that's how they're going to find come like that was so i i love watching smart people fight mm. because it 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 just adds a layer um a, just a, a layer of sophistication to what is basically just a punch and kick action scene yeah um the moment where Kamran gets involved, like, again, that's, it's all, it, it's all so satisfying. I think the only part where I was a little like, ah, I wish this had been shot a little more. I, I, I wish we'd built attention a little bit more mm-hmm. is when she's trying to take Bruno out and the clandestines are closing in and then damage control shows up. Like the moment damage control shows up, it's like, <clears> okay, <throat> this is fun. And I did like that the uh, the kind of uh, sonic weapons that they're using, yeah. it reminds me of the weapons from Incredible Hulk that they oh, used yeah. way back when, you know, with Ed Norton. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was all, I, I wish that had been shot just a little, I think we could have ratcheted up the tension a little bit, uh, a little bit there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when he calls him Brian again and that line again that just that's that MCU MCU humor when it's working really really well that's a great running gag and you know we're going that's going to pay off at the end yeah and Cameron finally does call him Bruno but yeah I mean watching the role watching uh Nakia the the realization that it's like <sighs> that was you oh my gosh it's just so Again, because we care about these people, because we spent the yep. amount of time with them, it makes everything that happens land harder. Yep. It's just, it's done really, really well. Again, don't tell me it's too many characters. You can write for characters. You can make it work. You've just got to be smart. And they and Michael and Shannon both pointed out, it is very smart the way they're using these characters and the way they've fleshed them out and given them um, uh, motivations and separate lives and things that they're pursuing in their lives. And they cast this really, really well. I mean, Yasmin Fletcher is great as Nakia. All the actors are fantastic here. And yeah, Najma is even more fantastic. And, and she rarely does, the actress rarely does anything outside of uh, her native uh, language. So seeing her being a part of this has been great to give that element, that real, that realistic authenticity here of what you're watching for sure. Mike, you were going to say something? Um, no, just to your point, um, yep about not you know having so many characters but giving them all live it's like but it's really smart when it all works for the story like if nakia if we had a whole side story about how she wanted to be a photographer or what you know like you can fill that space with stuff that might flesh out a character but it does detract from the story and you're like why are we doing all this but nakia being an activist wanting to be on the board at the mosque, caring about the mosque and the people, puts her in direct conflict with the fact that what Kamala is doing is bringing the Department of Damage Control down on them, bringing the authorities down on them, where they're really squeezing them. And so, like we said at the beginning, like them coming in and squeezing the mosque and coming and kind of being very disrespectful, not taking the shoes off, like that's important for what they're trying to say and like really show a side of yeah. uh of, of the world that a lot of us don't experience as much but 
it all is in service to story. Like yeah. this is this is the specificity that is making being a superhero particularly hard for Kamala. Like yeah. being Miss Marvel drives a little bit of a wedge between her and Nakia. It drives a wedge between her and Community. Like it's like everyone commenting on it and it all is ratcheting up the stakes for our main character. So when yeah. you're doing this and it's all working right, just like Marvel humor, like Shannon said, when MCU humor is working right, it's great. Same thing happening here that you have all these characters that all have very rich lives, but Bruno deciding whether or not he goes to Caltech or not directly <clears throat> affects Kamala. So yeah. every single family, Mudiva's relationship with her mom not being great and the secret of the family directly affects Kamala. So just down yeah. the line, every single person, even though they have these really rich lives that make them these fully fledged characters that we would love to know more about, all is in service to this one specific story. Yep. And that's why the show is working as well as it's working. It's a great point, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. It still ties up to the main timeline, which is what you're trying to get through, or storyline rather, which is the Kamal storyline. One thing I want to throw you out, and Michael, you mentioned this in the thing in the first episode we've done the review, because obviously you've read the comics more than Shannon and I have. Kamran uh, becomes a villain. Are they setting, the, as they mess around with origin and kind of move some things around, and you just mentioned the direct conflict. I'm going to throw this out there. Is Nakia possibly the one who's going to turn and be against uh, um, Kamala here and the, against Ms. Marvel here? Is that what they're setting up? Kamran seems pretty positive, even though earlier in the episode we do hear Najma say that Kamran uh, uh, has to find his own Noor. He doesn't have his own Noor. He's got to find maybe if he finds the other bangle, is that what happens? Or do you think Kamala maybe kills Najma, which turns Kamran into an a villain against her. What do you guys speculate that they're setting up here by setting up this conflict between Nakia and uh, Kamala, but also, but and then setting up Kamran as this kind of a guy who saves her, who comes in and warns her, cares about her, thinks she's adorable, as Najma reveals. What do you guys think is happening here? Shannon, <laughs> um, I, I, I think Nakia. I don't think she gives up her friend ultimately. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I think it throws a curveball into their dynamic, but ultimately I don't think she gives up her friend. Okay. And the feeling that I'm getting right now is that Kamran is not going to go that bad. That's what now, I'm I know, feeling too. Yeah. I know in the I know in the books he does, but it that's just not the feeling that I get. I mean, they may not, however the series concludes, he and Kamala may not be on the best of terms, but for him to go full villain uh that that doesn't feel that doesn't feel right um that's not to say that it couldn't happen um i also get the sense i mean just with the show the levity that the show brings i don't think kamala's killing anybody <laughs> i mean i think our i think our bad guys might be taken into custody you know something to be kind of used down the line i don't get the sense that that there are going to be any uh uh deaths on the board okay but i could be wrong that embiggen that embiggen hand is just going to go through someone's chest and pull out their heart come on um what do you think mike i mean you, as i said as you, you've been the one that's read the comics so what do you think uh, they're setting up or am i just misreading this completely i i do not think that uh I, i'm i'm a, i mean i don't know how much you want me to say because i've read the comics so i right, do right, know right. a little bit more ahead um okay. but uh so if you don't want to hear this Pause it or skip a few seconds, but oh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that Nakia is going to ultimately be bad. I think that okay. Shannon is kind of on, uh, on point where it's like, look, this is going to be, uh, 
uh, a part of their relationship that like they might not always agree on, particularly right. putting Nakia in charge of the mosque and having that be her responsibility, everything that Miss Marvel does, any attention that brings, they might have disagreements on how that should be handled or what she should right. be doing. But I think ultimately these are her ride or die friends. Um, with Kamran, I, I tend to agree with you guys. I think we will see his powers. What's interesting is, you know, both he and Kamala in the comics are inhumans. But his inhuman right. ability, as opposed to her embiggening ability that she gets, is bioluminescence. Um, and so because the bangle has the, the nor is like this power with light, yeah. I have a feeling that whatever happens with Kamran and where he ends, and I do think Shannon might be onto something with the, I don't think he goes full bad, but I think maybe depending on how everything goes down, they might not be on the best of terms. Yeah. But I do think that we will, they are setting us up for, we, is there a second bangle out there? Does he get it? Right. Is he put in a position where he needs to do something? But I do think we will see his powers and they will be some version of the bioluminescence power he had as an inhuman, but just translated through the hard light and the nor and the bangle. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. Sounds good. Uh, all right. Any final words on this episode that you guys want to throw in here before we wrap up? Because I think we've covered everything that we can for this episode. Uh, Mike or Shannon, whoever wants to start first. Anything we missed? I mean, no, not about the episode, but more yeah. about the rollout of the show. I mean, there, there have been, uh, you know, uh, uh, articles about how this is the lowest performing Disney Plus show. Um, but I think this is a show like obviously our audience who's watching this they've seen it more than likely yeah. um but but it seems like this is a show that is just going to keep building yeah um that this will this will be a slow burn because ultimately if if a show is good people are going to watch it and the fact that it does have the the mcu connection um i i just hope more people find it and i hope i hope they find it sooner rather than later because yeah. it's uh thus far it's it's been a delight I think moving Kenobi out of the way is going to help for these final three episodes for sure. Um, uh, Mike, any final words here on this episode? Um, yeah, just, you know, we talk a lot, particularly with these shows, and we talked about it with Kenobi, when you have six episodes, uh, you know, sometimes you're like, fuck, I wish I had more. I wish these were longer. I wish these were this. And look, I'd be happy with nine Miss Marvel episodes, 12 Miss Marvel episodes. I'd be happy <laughs> if every show was as long as a Stranger Things episode. Sure. But I think everything that we're talking about here, both with the rollout of information, the revealing of plot points, the revealing of backstory, the richness of the characters, the richness of the world. Uh, I we're, we're halfway, we're at the halfway point now. And I feel like we've just gotten so much. Yeah. That yeah. Sometimes you get to three episodes and you're like, oh, I mean, like, we got a little bit of information. We had like one action sequence, but like, they're really going to have to sell me on these last three because I feel like we didn't get a ton. And I feel like we just have this wealth right now of these characters and these powers and these connections to the MCU in a way that some of the other Marvel shows had it haven't always had. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think they're just they're just kicking ass. And I to Shannon's point, I do think it's a shame that this show uh, doesn't it has the lowest viewership of Marvel shows. The other part people don't talk about in that article uh, that, that that article the art those articles are saying is it does have a much higher uh the 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 younger age group yeah. uh different different mm -hmm. ethnicities different people are like watching it than than typically watch a marvel show so that's really good yeah. um but i do think shannon's right that it's going to continue to get more and more people even after all six episodes are out i think this is a show that people are going to talk about both because it's going to tie in directly to marvels and the bigger mcu stuff with phase four but also because i think people are going to be like look go check this show out like i had yeah. a couple of friends who hadn't watched it like oh it looks a little younger it looks like it's more of a kitty Marvel thing, so I didn't check it out. And I was like, just go do yourself a favor. And they did, and they were like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you told me to watch it. Yeah. It's great. So I think people will come to find the show. 
there's an authenticity and a charm here that I think we haven't seen yet um, fully in any of the Marvel shows to this point. And I think that's a positive for this show to kind of stake out its own claim. And I think this is the show that people are going to come back and rediscover and do multiple videos on or articles on and what they're exploring, especially when it's all done, then you'll understand what they were going for with the show. I agree with both of you and hopefully sending it out that more people do discover the show now that more and more people are talking about it online and what have you. Uh, all right. Well, thank you all so much for watching this spoiler review episode of uh, episode three of Ms. Marvel. We appreciate it madly. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who uh, leaves comments down below and what have you. We appreciate it as well. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies, on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKToon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at The Roca Says. Mikey? Um, well, we hope that you all are enjoying Ms. Marvel as much as we clearly are, and we hope <laughs> that you're enjoying hearing us talk about how much we are clearly enjoying Ms. Marvel. Um, and to hear all the things that we enjoy and help us keep doing what we're doing, here is what you guys can do. Hit that like button below, uh, subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page, check out all the amazing content there, leave your comments like John said, like what do you think the show is doing great, what do you think the show is not doing is great, where do you think things are going, how does it tie back into the bigger Marvel universe, just give us all your thoughts, uh, we love hearing them, we love reading them if you're listening to us on spotify or apple podcasts uh leave us some stars leave us some comments helps us go up in the rankings and as always the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video post it on your socials and tell your buddies to hang out with no tell your buddies to hang out with your other buddies the geek buddies there's one too many buddies i'm gonna work on that but i'm gonna get back <laughs> to you later That's why you gotta keep t tuning in <laughs> well, I can't. I can't do add anything more to these two gentlemen of what they just said. Other than to say thank you to Carbon Health, who continues to power and sponsor us here on the Geek Buddies. We appreciate that madly. Go to CarbonHealth.com. Get any of your questions, concerns, and needs about healthcare answered with them. And hey, it doesn't matter what age you are. Taking care of yourself is an important thing to do. Get ahead of these things before they come and catch you by surprise. Go get tested. Go get to full physicals done. They have physical locations. They have online virtual cares, 100 and some locations all over the country, 80 plus locations in LA alone. Uh, sorry, no, 125 locations uh, worldwide. Uh, I mean, nationwide. I just want to make sure they've got the COVID testing. They've got great healthcare plans for you. And they continue to work with us because they want to work with positive communities that uplift people and they want their brand connected with that. So tell them thank you for sponsoring us by visiting them today, carbonhealth.com, and download that app as well for any questions or concerns you might have on the run. All right. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand-new spoiler review episode here from the Geek Buddies! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. <laughs> 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.